Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Well, hey, James, how are you? We're at week three. How exciting is this? Yeah, well, it's pretty good. Um, time's kind of flying, hey. It is. Um, but it's good to be back. How are you doing, Luke? I'm going well. I'm going well. I'm super excited for this topic. This topic is the origin of evil. This is a big question, especially as me as a pastor. We get why is there so many um, bad things that happen in the world? If God is so good, why is there so much bad in this world? Is this a question you get a lot as a Bible worker, James? Um, you know what? Surprisingly, you know, not not heaps, but like it's, it's kind of like a fifty-fifty. It's like sometimes you do get a barrage of it, um, but but a lot of times the reason people want to object. And I'd say if anyone wants to object to believing in God, this is probably the reason they'll bring it. Um, I, I saw a YouTube video one time and Stephen Fry was saying, you know, if I ever stood face to face with God, I, I would just say to him, you you horrible, evil being. And like, you know, it's completely not what we see in the Bible. And, and you know, people have this idea that God is the source of all evil and, you know, God allows bad things to happen. I guess we're kind of looking at that this week, aren't we, Luke? We are, and the Bible does tell us who is responsible for all this evil and these bad things that are happening in our world today. And it's very uh, good to know that for us that it doesn't come from God and that Mm. this study is going to show that there is something else out there that is trying to point the finger to God. You know how, um, have you ever snuck up behind your friend and tapped them on the shoulder? And you get them to turn the opposite way. You know, I had, <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend of mine that she reacted with a punch. So some of us <laughs> friends, we, we would come in and we would poke her on one side, and the person next to her on that side would get a good punch to the gut. <laughs> now that person was getting in trouble for something I did. Right, one time I did it, and her her burger went all over my mate. It was hilarious. I didn't expect that. She she threw the burger, and everything went everywhere. But it's this idea of shifting the blame. There is something Absolutely. out there that is throwing out this evil, this sin, these pestilences we see on the world, and our first reaction is to blame God. But the Bible says there is someone else to blame, and we're going to go through that study today. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I just want to like clear up just so there's no misconceptions. You know, uh, Stephen Fry himself, you know, he was he was talking about. Um, bone cancer in little mm-hmm. children, and I mean that's a pretty awful thing. It is. And if God did do that, you know, if God was was the source and the reason of that, you know, that's pretty harsh. That like you know, some people believe in a, a God that would you know just do that. And so yeah. I think we really want to clear out the answer to that problem. You know, like why do bad things happen, and yeah. you know, how how can we live our lives, you know, in this in this universe with a good yeah. God, even though bad things happen. All right, today we've got two guests. Um, one's a new one, one's a recurring one. I'm going to start with you, Noah. Noah, it's been two weeks since we've had you on the show. Do you want to remind everyone a bit about yourself, where you go to school, where you go to church, what you get up to in your spare time? I go to the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Armadale, and um, I do homeschool, so I do all my school at home. So um, it's a lot easier that way. And um, I love, in my spare time, I love to get up to parkour and motorbike riding and different stuff like that. We live out in the bush, so um, it's a lot more freedom than in the city, I suppose. All right, cool. What um, what kind of motorbikes do you have? Um, we've just got one. It's an old Honda posty bike, actually. Oh, nice. Awesome. I used to have one of them growing up, and um, we used to run a mark on them. Our other guest is Ethan. So, Ethan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What school do you go to? What church do you go to? I'm from Glenness. That's about an hour away from Armadale. I go to the Glenness High School here in town. Uh, I go to the Glenness Seventh Adventist Church. Nice. That's awesome. Are you excited about joining us for our Bible study? Oh, a bit of nervous, excited, and keen. Okay. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, uh, you actually can. You all you got to do is text DOS study one word no spaces to o four triple eight eight o eight three one and we're going to send you a link that's going to take you to a page where you can download today's study guide. So text DOS study so that is D O S S S T U D Y that's just one word no spaces uh, to o four triple eight 
80831. And today we're on Study Guide 3 titled The Origin of Evil. Also, we've got an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Travis Cottrell with At the Name of Jesus. Our attitude should be the same as Christ Who took on the nature of a servant And humbled himself to the point of sacrifice Even to death upon a cross At the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow Every tongue confess That He is Lord At the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow Every tongue Welcome back to Table and Explorers. Today we are going through the Faith of Doss Bible Study Guides. These study guides are showing us the faith behind Desmond Doss. What was it about his faith that he was able to go into World War II without a gun, save countless lives, and end up receiving the Medal of Honor? If you are just joining us and you would like to catch up on this study and previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast sections and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM app. We're about to start our study, so if you would like to join us and follow along, then text DOS study, that's one word, no spaces, to 04888808831 and download study number three, The Origin of Evil. Alright, so before we start our study, we're going to have a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, as we open your word and go through this study guide to understand the origins of evil, to know why bad things always happen in this world, to know where that all comes from. As we are studying the Bible to find that answer, I pray that you be with us, that you send your Holy Spirit to help us understand the scriptures that we are reading. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Desmond Doss a conscientious objector and a medic during World War II, found himself embroiled in a fierce battle on the Japanese island of Okinawa. The island was seen as a strategic place from where the Allies would be able to launch an assault on the rest of Japan, and so it was heavily defended by Japanese troops. The battle was one of the bloodiest in the Pacific, 
with an estimated total of more than 82,000 direct casualties on both sides. With grenades, shell fire and sniper fire all around him, Desmond Doss walked unarmed onto the battlefield. He showed resilience, tenacity and courage. Throughout his period of service on Okinawa, he worked his hardest to save lives, bringing good out of bad. Doss's heroism and bravery were recognised when he received the Medal of Honour. His desire was to save life while everyone else was taking it. Doss did this because he knew about a greater conflict going on. He knew about a greater medic who was also saving lives in the middle of a much bigger battle. Doss wrote about this battle in his precious Bible. Let's take a look at the battle that Doss knew as the great controversy and learn how we can stand firm and strong like him on the battlefield of life. Well, isn't that a cool story about Doss and, and what he's been, what he experienced there? Like mm. saving all those lives. That was a pretty deadly battle, wasn't it? I mean, 82,000 people dying, like that's, that's pretty, like, and he just walked in unarmed without a gun and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to save everyone. He got the Medal of Honor for it. He talked about it at the start where he said that Desmond Doss was a conscientious objector. You know, he didn't actually like that title. Like, because most of the conscientious objectors back in that time, they didn't want to fight. They didn't want to wear the uniform. They didn't want to salute the flag. He didn't want to be put into that class. He was like, I'm a conscientious cooperator. I want to serve my country. I want to go to war. I want to salute my flag. I want to wear the uniform. I just don't want to carry a gun. Yeah, definitely. It it takes a lot of courage to be able to do something like that. And what James was saying, it says that um, there's a much bigger battle going on, and that actually leads us into our first question for today, which is where did the great controversy begin and where did Satan end up? And um, it just brings us to this um, verse in Revelation 12, um, and we're looking at verses 7 to 9, and it says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, and he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And that great dragon was hurled out, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Well, war in heaven, that is like the last place you would expect to see war, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Like today, we picture heaven as as like you know this holy like place. Um, but to think of war there, like it's unimaginable, right? Yep. If you've downloaded our study guide, you'll notice that the word Michael in the study guide is highlighted and it has an underline. Now, if you click on that, that'll take you to a page where you can download a study on who Michael is. And I think you'll be very interested to find out who Michael is and how he fits in to this picture. You know, this this idea of war broke out in heaven. It's not a war that we would see as war, as in the war like what Desmond Doss was in. But it was more of a, a war of words. Right? This the battle that was fought must be understood as a as a verbal war rather than a physical war. No, I totally agree with you, Luke. Like um, because you get the name like the great controversy like it's it's controversial because it's it's actually a war of words and it's a war yep. of of differences in in someone's account it yeah, is it's, um it's interesting that they actually you know they are um in the bible you know and make sure there's there's no question who this person is that um starts a rebellion no it says um that great dragon called the devil and satan like there is no question who this person is yeah that that is true Let's look at the government of today. For here in Australia, we have the Liberal Party, we have the Labor Party. They both think that they have, they've got the best answer for our country. So when they're in Parliament, they're, you might call, they're going to war, right? They're fighting, but they're not physically fighting. They're fighting with their ideas. They're fighting with their words. The devil, his, his idea was he wanted to change the government of God. He was like, you know what, my ideas are better. So that's where this war started. It was this war of, hey, I think I can do things better than what God can. And it was from that point that led to this battle in heaven. Now, we can find out how this this battle occurred if we read from Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, 
son of the dawn. You have been cast, cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Now, Satan's original name was Lucifer, meaning shining one, light bearer or morning star. He was a very powerful angel and held a position close to the throne of God. His name was changed from Lucifer to Satan or Satan meaning enemy or accuser after his rebellion. You see this in like in politics today. Someone is close to someone high in power. They just want to, they, they think their idea is always better than the person in power. Like we see here, Lucifer thought his idea was better than God's, like you said in the first question. Yeah, well, what we're seeing here is Lucifer wanted to be God, didn't he? Yeah, all those things, those eyes, eyes, eyes. He wanted to be like God. He thought he could do a better job than God. Yeah, here we see he wants to be like the Most High. Who is the Most High here? It's God, isn't it? Yeah. Right, and he wants to be like the Most High. So what is God like? He is holy. He is righteous. So it was like he was saying, I want to be like God, but I don't want to listen to God. I want to do my own thing. Lucifer's argument here is really saying, hey, we're holy, righteous, intelligent, angelic beings. We don't need God telling us what to do and how to do it. We can do it ourselves. You know, it's it's such the saddest thing. You know, like it says that, um, you know, he was the morning star. He was like such a, a wonderful being. And then, mm. you know, he rebelled. And um, I think it's, you know, it's important to compare ourselves with him sometimes. You know, if we... You know, it's just this tiny little, it started off with the smallest thought and, you know, something like that can like, lead to literally being thrown out of heaven. Like it's um, important to think about our thoughts and our actions. For sure, it does. Yeah. I remember hearing, um, I don't know where it was, I think it was at Big Campus. I remember a sermon, it was said, in sin, it's the, the, middle, the middle letter is I. Now, when you sin, you're thinking about yourself. Lucifer... He himself, he was like, I want to be above above God. Yeah. Mm. He was. Great and point. There wasn't a point here where he wanted to be evil either. We need to make that clear. He wasn't like, ah, oh, I'm going to be evil. I'm going to destroy heaven. Mm. Right? He just had an idea of going, hey, maybe there's another way. Mm. Right? So you're not going to be deceived by someone that is evil. Like we find out Lucifer deceived one third of the angels. You know, how did he do that? He wasn't trying to be evil. And I think sometimes that's where we need to be careful on our actions, just like what you said, Noah, because our actions might go, well, this doesn't, it's not bad, so I'll just do it. But it may be against what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, there, there might not be anything bad in that particular thing, but because God said don't do it, we shouldn't do it. Yeah, and we can, we can look at the scenario. and I mean, we look back in history and Hitler as an example. I don't think the whole... Like the whole of Germany knew what was going to end up, mm. and and every great rebellion just starts with a few simple things, and, and we see that this rebellion in heaven. Obviously, you know, Satan's just you know he's got this covetousness. He's thinking, I you know, like, hey, why can't I be king? Why can't I be the most high? You know, I want to be like this, and and once you get those thoughts, you know, people start thinking injustice, and and it basically comes to this this fully fledged rebellion. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text DOS study one word, no spaces, to 04888808831, and we'll send you a link that will take you to a page where you can download today's study guide. So text DOS study, that's D-O-S-S-S-T-U-D-Y, that's just one word, to 04888808831. Today we are on study guide 3, entitled Origin of Evil. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Archipelage with The Battle Belongs to the Lord, here on Faith FM. 
In heaven the army will enter the land The battle belongs to the Lord No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand The battle belongs to the Lord And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord When the power of darkness comes in like a flood the battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of his blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. When your enemy presses in heart, do not fear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Encourage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor. Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today, we're going through the faith of Doss Bible study guides. These study guides are showing us the faith behind Desmond Doss. What was it about his faith that he was able to go into World War II without a gun, save countless lives, and end up receiving a Medal of Honor? If you're just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers or download the Faith FM app on the App Store uh, and you can go there as well. Let's get back to our study. We're on study number three and we're at question three. Luke, what have you got for us? Well, question number three says, what were the consequences of Adam and Eve choosing to follow the serpent of old? So let's face some context for this question. You know, before before the break, we were talking about how it was this angelic being that was that caused rebellion in heaven, right? And eventually, he was kicked out of heaven for his rebellion. Now he has come to this earth, and he is going to deceive Adam and Eve. Now Adam and Eve had a choice. They had a choice between listening to God, or they had a choice of listening to the serpent. And we find this story in Genesis chapter three. Now we're going to just quickly read through this story so we can get the context of what the Bible says about this story. So it's Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 19. Starting from verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. From verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings from them for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord so the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock 
and all wild animals, and you will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. From 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I command you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taking, for dust you are, and to dust you shall, you will return. So there's there's the story of Adam and Eve and the serpent in the Garden of Eden. What happened to the relationship with God between Adam and Eve in this story? It was cut off because they like, since God cannot um, cannot stand sin, and they sinned, they couldn't see him anymore. Couldn't talk to him face to face. Yep. Isaiah 59.2 says that our sins have separated us from God. Mm. And, yeah, so this relationship between humanity and God was was separated. That's it. What was the relationship between people? Yeah, look, their relationships between each other, um, they just wanted to blame each other straight away. And so we see, like, a complete a complete falling out. We look at Chapter 4 of Genesis as well, and, and we know that Cain kills his own brother. And so because of sin... They've got this hatred to one another in their hearts when, when before they, they had love. We read in the story that Adam and Eve took the fruit from the tree. Now, unlike what most people think, everyone thinks it's an apple, but the Bible doesn't actually say there was an apple. It's just the fruit from the tree. Now, was taking the fruit in itself wrong? No, no it wasn't. Right Here we've got this whole idea of God said, don't eat it, and the serpent said, eat it. So it wasn't so much about eating the fruit, it was about who you were listening to. Because they chose to listen to the serpent, all these things started to unravel. You know, their relationship with God was separated. Their relationship between people, between them, was separated. You know, what do you think happened, just relationship with themselves? I think they would have, they would have had a lot of, um, you know, they wouldn't have been very happy with themselves and they would have had a lot of, you know, you know, blaming each other, but then blaming themselves as well and really beating themselves down. Yep. Could have been a lot of self-judgment, considering of what their, act, their actions yep. do. Yep. Are they, they could have had a lot of self-reflecting, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done this. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I also think there would have been this, this low self-worth that would have come over them. Because before, they were walking and talking in the presence of God. They knew who they were. They were children of God. And now being separated from God, they get that doubt. They're always going to be children of God. But before, they didn't have doubt. Now they have doubt in who they are. And how many of us today, humanity, feel our low self-esteem of not knowing who we are? Sin brought all that in because we are a child of God. And sin makes us doubt that. And so they started to doubt who they were. Absolutely. Like there was also other things that, you know, their relationship with the environment, it was now, it was now hard. And, mm. you know, that by the sweat of his brow, Adam was told that he'd bring forth fruit and he was going to have to work hard now. Um, yep. No longer would the, would the fruit and the, and the crops um, bring their abundance to him but it was actually going to be hard for him to work and he's going to have to put some hard effort into it. He is. And, you know, for all you ladies out there and wondering why childbirth is so painful, well, Genesis chapter 3 tells us why childbirthing is so painful. You know, women have to go through labor and in childbirth and men have to go through labor in tilling the land. These are all a result of disobeying God. Yeah, and, um, it actually reminds me of um, Luke sixteen ten that says, um, "He that is faithful in little is also faithful in much," and it, it's so true. It's, you could really see it in this instance. Who is caught in the crossfire? First Peter five verse eight tells us how we can defend ourselves against this. 
Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Revelation 12 verse 17 tells us, Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. As we can see in Revelation 12 verse 17, Satan is not at all worried about the people who don't believe in God, but he makes concerted efforts against those who are committed followers of Jesus. So don't be surprised if things get, in- if things get interesting. Wow. How's that? The devil is prowling around like a roaring lion and just waiting to devour us and waiting for those that are committed to Jesus. That's why so many bad things are happening. You know, if the devil can get people to doubt God, he is one. And we've seen this. He made Adam and Eve doubt God. He said, hey, you can be like God without obeying him, didn't he? Because he said, hey, if you eat of it, you will be like God. But eating of it would be disobeying God. Now, if we wanted to be like God, should we disobey him? No. No, we want to be like him, right? So we don't want to be disobeying him. And we can see here that the devil's really attacking those who, you know, the Bible says, those that keep his commands and have his testimony, those that are following him, those that are letting God rule in their life and giving their life to them. They're the ones the devil is attacking. And how can he attack them? He uses other people. You know, he pokes other people with suffering and disasters and hurt and pain, make them believe that it is God, so then they will attack those that do believe in God. Yeah, I think, like it says, anyone listening out there who's, you know, maybe saying, why, why are these bad things happening to me? Or like, does God not care about me? I think, like, we ought to remember that, like, the devil's trying to get everyone to not believe in God. He's trying to get everyone to deny God's God's existence. And we even see in Job, like Job's own friends, they were saying, um, you know, Job's a book in the Bible. Job is this guy who got tormented. Um, he had all these things happen to him from the devil. And his friends were like, you know, why do you still worship God, curse God and die? And I, like the devil's trying to get us to do that. He's trying to get us to curse God so that we're separated from God and for us to just die so that we're, we're, we're lost forever. But there's actually a ray of hope, and the ray of hope is that there is a rescue mission, um, that that there's someone that enters the battlefield on our behalf. Who is that? Um, well, when we look at Romans 5 verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you get that? Christ comes down to earth, steps into the middle of the battle, and stands up for us all by giving his life to satisfy the penalty that sin demands. That penalty is talked about in, in Romans 6.23. Um, like Doss, he is the ultimate medic on the battlefield, showing his love to all those in need of a rescuer. So we've, we've got Christ who died for us, who's there to heal us from our sin, to heal us from the sting, the death and the sting that comes with sin. Um, you know, it's interesting to think about, you know, what if a judge did that? What if there was a judge and he heard about someone, you know, let's say an outlaw that was doing bad things, and once they caught him, he was sentenced to be hung. And the judge, before the um, outlaw even repented, went and decided that he was going to get hung instead and so that, that person could be saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's exactly the same. During training, we can see that Desmond Doss, like, for, for the fact that he did not want to hold a weapon, he, he would have been seen as a coward. He would have been ridiculed by everyone, even his training officers who aren't supposed to hold a grudge or be biased to anyone on their, in their squad or platoon. But, just, but he still went out there and even saved those who ridiculed him, hated him, called him a coward. And Jesus came into the battlefield, battlefield to save us. You know, you're right. But it's also knowing that when you're giving medical care, you have to give consent. So I did a few years of lifeguarding at a beach. And when we did our first aid training, we have to ask for permission before we can give give help. Now, for DOS, he's on a battlefield. So they've got bullet holes in them. They might be missing limbs. They're screaming for help. They're screaming for a medic. right? In the same way, when Jesus came, like you said, he comes to save us, but he's got to ask us permission 
if he can save us. We have to accept Jesus' gifts. You know, we have an awesome free offer for you today. So save this number on your phone, 04888880831. That's 04888880831. And wait for the code word that's coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, and here is To Rescue the One by Sight and Sound Theatres. He called me by name. I was under that tree. He came just to find me. He told me who I am. He called me by name. Like when that I was empty, he calmed the storm inside me. And life began. When you were the one When you were the one Yes, he left the 99 When I was the one Now that man is the one He is the one Oh, that woman at the well That woman hiding in the tree Lay men lower through the roof A bleeding woman in the street The leper, the blind man, the deaf and the lame The sick and the broken, he knows their name He knew me by name He called out in the night Like a piercing light Saw me, I won't be the same. He pulled me from the ground. I was lost, now I'm found. He saved me. Back to Table and Explorers. Today we are going through the Faith of Doss Bible Study Guides. These study guides are showing us the faith behind Desmond Doss. What was it about his faith that he was able to go into World War II without a gun, save countless lives, and end up receiving the Medal of Honor? If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section. Look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM app. Let's get back to our study. We're at question six. Question number six says, The battle continues right here and right now. Who continues to work on our behalf? Well, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 and 25 says, But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus right now is continuing to intercede on our behalf. See, as we heard in question two, Satan is the accuser, and he accuses us and tells God that I am a sinner. You know, he says, hey God, Luke is a sinner. He is deserving of death. But Jesus intercedes for me and he opens the book of life and he says, I have no record of sin for him, for my blood has covered his sins. Says he's in my side. It is like having a defense lawyer to speak for us. But Jesus can't intercede for us if we haven't accepted him. We need to ask him to be in our life so that when Satan accuses us, that he is able to stand up for us and say, no, he is not a sinner. He is righteous because he is covered in my blood. It's like having a lawyer still defend you even though you are guilty. But that lawyer is willing to overlook everything that you've done and still try and fight for you. Yeah, it's, it's good that you make that point. Um, but I want to bring up Romans 8 verse 26. And it says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Um, and I think, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if you've ever just been like, 
oh, and you've had this angst in your heart and you're just like trying to call out like for some help. I know before I like I grew up in a Christian home, but I went and did my own things and uh, I didn't talk to God, but I had this I had this angst in my heart and I was like just calling out to God. Like I, I looking back, I know I was. Um, and, and God hears those um, and he's continually there interceding for us, like hearing those those wordless prayers that we have. It is interesting, and you know, like you know, it's not a, like Jesus works on our behalf, and it's it's really an amazing thing. It um reminds me of what it says in Hebrews four fourteen, where it um says, you know, we have a high priest that intercedes for us, and it's it's so true. We um we have some that intercedes us, and we you know imagine what we, we couldn't do anything without Jesus, and it's really amazing. Yeah, it really shows that he is doing something. You know, he went back to heaven almost 2,000 years ago. It's like, what's he been doing for that long? You know, yeah. he's, he's been standing up for us. He's been looking out for us. He's been ministering for us. Ethan, you got to do question number seven? Yeah. How can we continue to survive on the battlefield even though Jesus is up there in heaven? Now, Ephesians six ten to 17 tells us, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I really love how here it just tells us that God has given us this armor to put on so we can defend ourselves against this, um, against the devil's schemes. It's important to think about that, you know, it says our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, um, you know, we need to remember that we're not fighting this against people. We're fighting this against, you know, Satan and um, the spiritual thing that's going on every day around us. Great great point you make there, Noah. And I've read this heaps of, heaps of times, and I think in my own personal journey, so many times I've just been like, oh, like, if it was just like, you know, if our battle was just a battle where you could, you know, like a street fight, you know, where, you know, someone just like, you know, knocks you around and you just roll with it. You know, sometimes I've, I've thought to myself probably ra- rather foolishly, you know, like I'd rather just like, you know, get a few hits and then, and then, and then go on my way, like, you know, with, with Stan. Um, but it, it's so much more, you know, a physical battle is something that we can see, but the spiritual battle, you know, it comes in, you know, sometimes we're even questioning our own sanity and our own self. And, and you know, the only way we can defeat that is with the full armour of God. You know, James, you're right. If we continue in Ephesians 6, we hear what the full armour of God is. And starting in verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Paul is describing an armor that sounds very Roman, right? There is a helmet, there is a shield, there is a breastplate, there is a sword. Right, and he's saying, hey, this is a powerful warrior. If you put on this armor of God, you're going to be a powerful warrior. You know what's interesting? When um, the Romans were in battle, they did this formation where they would come together and they'd put all their shields in front of them, beside them, and on top of them, and they'd become like a shell. Right? They, no one could really get into. They could protect themselves together. As one soldier, we can be really strong. If we have the armor of God, we can be strong against the devil. We fight better when we're alongside other other Christians that have that armor on. That's like I, um, my teacher always likes to tell me that, Ethan, are you going to fly like an eagle or still hang around them turkeys? So what he's going to there is that if I hang out with other Christians, I'll be, I'll be better off and stronger against the devil. If I was to hang around with people who were a bad influence on me and my spiritual life, then how would I be able to defend myself against any temptations that the devil may throw at me? I think it's true too. Like it happens as a soldier in war as well. Like 
Desmond's platoon, when they went and attacked Haxor Ridge, they didn't all just get up there and go their own way. They stuck together. They fought together. They didn't all just go up there and just do their own thing. Yeah, and this leads us into our next question, which says, how does the battle end? And Revelation 21, 2 to 5 says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older things have passed away. And um, this con- controversy you know, ends with God restoring the world to its original state and, you know, the way it was originally um, designed to be. Mm. I, think, I think the key part of that is there's no more death, no mourning, crying or pain. Those things have passed away. And I guess in this in this life, you know, we can look at the bad things now and when we come to a future where, where the dead, the sick, they'll be resurrected, brought to life, an eternal life, which is fully abundant and, and fully just a beautiful life. Um, you know, the, the former things, the pains that we went through, they'll actually seem almost meaningless because there will be no more death. There'll be no mourning. There'll be no crying or pain. And I think, you know, to answer that question, you know, why is there bad? And I think, I think God's got to really let the bad play out so that we can all see bad for what it is, you know? And if we don't see bad for what it is, then if he just wiped it out, we'd just say, oh, why would God do that, you know? Yeah, the punishment and I think now the, the fact that we see that, that the bad is going to be wiped out forever, we can all agree and we can all stand on God's say, side and say, yeah, God is right, God is just. And, and even though we went through the hardships, it was because we had to find out that God was right, and it's the only way. And God didn't want this, but it's the only way he could reach us. You know, this battle will end with Jesus setting up his kingdom right here on earth. You know, Satan, his evil angels, and the humanity that follows Satan will be destroyed. You know, they, they will just cease to exist. And when evil is gone and it's not coming back, God will wipe away our tears and make all things new. And we'll be able to live for eternity here on a newly created earth. It's kind of amazing if you think about it, like just all the things that won't be there anymore that we always see in the world around us. No death, no pain. Like what we what we all see in the news, there's always someone who's been hurt, no more crying, and living forever. Like that's that sounds pretty sweet to me. It does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, think of that. Yeah, even like, you know, think about like even, you know, the flowers, you know, will never die. You know, if you plant a flower, it'll be there forever. And those of us mm. that are really bad at gardening now, you know, we won't be bad at gardening <laughs> in heaven because nothing will die. We have an awesome free offer for you coming up right after the break. So save this number in your phone, 4 That's 4 and wait for the code word that is coming up right after the break. You're listening to I Am Making All Things New by Wendell Kim Kimbra on Faith FM. When I saw the heavens open For the former things were past And I heard my Saviour singing I have come for you at last I will wipe away death's sorrow You will no more cry or grieve To the thirsty I give healing From the spring of life come
Tablelands Explorers. Today we're going through the Faith of Doss Bible study guides. These study guides are showing us the faith behind Desmond Doss. What was it about his faith that enabled him to go into World War II without a gun, save countless lives, and end up receiving the Medal of Honor? If you are just joining us and you would like to catch up on a study or previous studies that we are doing, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for the Tablelands Explorers. Or you can go to the App Store and download the Faith FM app. Let's get back to our study. You see, Desmond Doss knew that no matter what happened on the battlefield, everything was going to be okay because he had Jesus. That means eternal life. Doss held on to these promises in the Bible. They got him through some of the most horrible situations that life could throw at him. Doss had the confidence that there was something bigger going on. And while at times there is collateral damage and we get caught up in the crossfire, Jesus stood up for him and us and has already delivered the fatal blow to the enemy. You see, Jesus conquered the devil at the cross. We're not in heaven yet because not everyone has made that choice to accept him. Jesus isn't going to come until everybody has had a chance to say yes or no to him. And Desmond had made a decision to follow God. Desmond knew that if something happened to him in war, he knew the next thing he saw was going to be Jesus' face coming in the clouds of heaven. He had that confidence and that promise of, of eternal life. Yeah, and I guess, I guess the question is, and, I, and we're asking to the audience now, um, you know, would you guys like that confidence? Would you want that confidence? And I'll, I'll just ask some of you guys, like, Luke, would you like that confidence? I do. I I like to have that confidence more. You know, there's times where I have that confidence and I'm so sure of it and nothing can budge me on that. And then sometimes, you know, when life gets you down, life kicks you in the gut and hits you from behind and sometimes it can be a little bit hard to have that confidence. I mean, I don't think I've ever not had it. You know, I've always believed that Jesus is coming back. I always believed that what we are studying today is true, that the bad things that have happened in my life that are the devil's fault, not mine. You know, I was I was seven years old when my brother died. He was six, we were 15 months apart. And I remember being asked, you know, when Aladdin was around, so everyone would ask you what your three wishes were. So someone asked me what my three wishes would be. And my three wishes at seven years old was, number one, I wanted Jesus to come back. Number two was to see my brother again, and number three was to watch the devil burn. 
Oh, this is this is me at seven, right? And it was like I knew at that stage oh. that the bad things that happened to me was the devil. The devil was trying to make me think that God was making all these bad things happen. But then you know, no, I'm not going to be fooled here. I know what the Bible says that all the bad things that happen come from the devil because only good things mm. come from God. Mm. And, and God says, "Vengeance is mine." Yeah, I will repay. And so, and so, with that attitude, with believing in what God says, He says He'll repay. Mm-hmm. He'll repay the right amount. He'll repay at the right time. And we don't have to worry about the hard things that we go through. Um, we'd actually like to hear your response if you're listening with us. So you've got a chance to tell us how you feel. You can click the big blue here uh, to send us your response on the study. I want to ask you guys in the studio here. Do you guys want to ask God to cover you? with his armor. Is that something that's important to you guys? Yes, definitely. You know, I, I love, you know, I want God's protection. Yes, definitely. Because with all the temptations that that's around us today, it'd be nice to have some reassurance that we're protected. Mm, amen. Yes. I would love to have the armor of God on me to protect me from what the devil throws at me. And this is a prayer that I would like to start praying every day that God will be able to fit me with his armor and protect me. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's something we really need. Um, like Doss, do you guys want to stand on the battlefield of life covered with God's armor, knowing that Jesus is standing up for you right now? Oh, for sure. And I love this idea that God is standing up for me right now, and that brings me so much comfort. Yeah, definitely, you know, and when you think about it, you know, being on the battlefield for Christ, like, you know, what is more important than that? Yeah, definitely, like, like the, um, I can't remember what the Bible verse is, but, like, if God is with me, who can stand against me? That's, like, that's what this mm. is. Yeah, for sure. Mm. That's so good. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think you guys would agree with this next one, too. Do you guys want your name in the book of life, and, and why? You know, I, I do I do really want my name in the book of life. And Jesus says that if we are following him, our name is in the book of life. Yeah, man, I definitely want my name in the book of life. I want my name in the book of life too, because that shows that I've accepted God for what he's, uh, Jesus, for what he's done, done for us, for coming into this battlefield and sacrificing himself. Yeah, awesome. And I, I totally, you know, to live with Jesus, to live forever, to live in a world where there's no pain and suffering, uh, where we've actually got true joy. That, that's my goal. Yeah, I, and I think that's a great reason, great few reasons to want our names in the book of life, to live a life that's free from pain, suffering, um, and just fully abundant good lives. Um, for those of you who are listening, we actually want to hear your responses as well. Uh, so remember, if you did download that study guide, uh, you can click here at the bottom and send us your response. We always love to hear from people that are always sending us responses. Hey, well, let's close our study with prayer, guys. Um, let's just bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for the promises in the Bible uh, that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. I just want to pray that we can accept you day by day for anyone listening, God, that if they're struggling to see how you're a good God, uh, that they would just test you, God, as, this, as your word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, and, Lord, there's a life um, that is more abundant, um, and we know that salvation is there for us, free to take, um, given to us freely as a gift. And so we just want to thank you for that, and we want to thank you that you want to get rid of sin from our world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks, guys, for joining us because that was an absolutely amazing study and it's always good to know from the Bible that all this evil, all this bad stuff that has happened did not come from God. God is a God of love and he is an adversary, the devil, who is trying to make him look bad. And our study today showed that the devil is the reason why all these bad things are happening. It is not God's fault. Okay, it's the time you've all been waiting for. It is time to get the code word for today's free offer. This week, we are giving away the book, The Great Controversy. Now, I've read this book, and wow, it is amazing. It reveals the ultimate plan of God for humanity. This book will reveal the past, present, and future, from the Protestant Reformation to the earth made new. This book has been the source of comfort and inspiration to millions of people, 
Outside the Bible, this is one of the most important books you will ever read. And you can have it absolutely free if you text the code hashtag TE4. That is hashtag TE and the number 4. No spaces. If you text it right now to 04888808831, we will send you this book absolutely free. It is an amazing book of God's plan for humanity. Don't forget to join us next week for our study called The Power of 10 Minutes. We're going to hear about how Doss held up the fight for Okinawa for 10 minutes while he prayed. And as a result, not a man in Company B was lost. Next week, we'll discover what Doss knew about the importance of 10 minutes. Thanks for tuning in today to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalms 119, God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.